Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as presenter at the feed SBS. Get your people to call my people. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Jeanette Francis. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I was reading that you, you say I describe myself as, as that. That's terribly boring, isn't it? I should come up with a new description. What would you put in your new description? It's always tough. You know the amount mm. of times I've tried to write a new description and then deleted it mm. and then kind of just rested on this one, which is just very sort of neutral. And when I say get your people to call my people, nobody calls me. No. nobody. Calls. My email's up there. Nobody emails Do me. Do you have people? I don't have any people. That's that's the other thing. <laughs> I have no people. <laughs> it's it's just me. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I answer the phone in an accent and pretend I'm a receptionist sometimes. So Can I yeah. help you, sir? <laughs> yeah. And it's always a really haughty, like, oh, hello, can I help you? <laughs> Jeanette is very busy. <laughs> so. I'll just check. I'll just check. Yeah, exactly. In social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jan. Hmm? I'll leave it at there, generally. You don't follow on? Because the usual Aussie scenario is, yeah. uh, you know, how you doing? What do you do? Yeah. That kind of thing. You yeah. don't dive into that much? I mean, I, I never go, hi, I'm Jan. I, I work on, I do this. Mm-hmm. I always just kind of say, hi, I'm Jan. And inevitably, I guess the question when you've just met someone for the first time will come up. What do you do? And I always sort of say, oh, I work for a show called The Feed yes. on SBS. And they go, I'm sorry, what? The Feed? <laughs> is is that a food show? Or, or the one that I get yeah. more often than not is this kind of like look of sort of just pity and bewilderment. And then they go... <laughs> Yeah, see, I don't watch TV. Oh, I hate those people. <laughs> and then I say, I don't watch TV either. And, mm. and I work in TV, so. How's lying working out for you? Ly- great. Mm. Lying? Oh, mate. Lie all the time. I'm lying right now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you passionate about? Um, I am passionate about, I'm passionate about good Good television. I'm passionate about um, good writing. Mm. I think um, oh, I sound so. I'm hearing all of this stuff in my head before I say it, and there's the voice that's like, "Jen, shut up! <laughs> Don't say that. Say something far more interesting than that." <laughs> but that's always a really tough question when when people ask me, like, "What do, what are you passionate about?" And I I I tend to kind of like feel passionate about all of these things and nothing at the same time. Mm. And I oscillate wildly between the two. But I'm passionate about my job. I can definitely say that. That's a very 2015 kind of experience though, to be passionate about a lot of things and nothing simultaneously. Perhaps. Perhaps I'm the voice of a generation. Perhaps. We don't know and probably we'll never find out because I'll never write anything. So there you go. (laughs) Confessions. (laughs) You're not going to write the, 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 the definitive book of your... Of your generation, <laughs> I think it's probably better for my generation if I don't actually. <laughs> you know, you know how they, you know when people say, "Oh, every journo's got a book mm. in them somewhere, and that's where it should probably stay." Mm. I'm kind of, I feel like that mantra really speaks to me. What would Year Eleven Jeanette think of right now, Jeanette? Uh, I think she'd be pretty happy. Yeah, y- Year Eleven Jeanette wanted to be on the TV. Boom, chick. So. Thank you so much. I, I wanted. I think I wanted to be an actor. Mm. Yeah, I probably wanted to do more sort of, you know, stage and television and be an actor. And um, 
And journalism is always like, I'm either going to be an actor or a journalist. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those, I think. <laughs> Possibly both on the feet. Possibly even both. Possibly. If you can call that acting and or journalism. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> no, you can. You can. I, 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 I do take the piss, but you can. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yeah, easily. Our show's good. Hello to yes. everybody watching. Watch our show. It's good. It, I, I resonate strongly with that statement. Yeah. Lots of, lots of people do. I mean, lots of people as in lots of people who, who I speak to, which is like 15 or 20 people. Easily. Um, easily, yeah. No, they sort of say, oh, feed, great. Don't watch it, but great. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, well, um, you know, that's not going to keep me in the job, is it? Like compliments are not going to pay my wage, are they? Kind of thing. It's a government job. Compliments are your pay. Yeah, compliments are. I know. Yeah, that's true. It's government job. A minute for life. Mm. The only way you're getting out is some controversial is, statements about Anzac Day. Yes. And I have no intention of making any controversial statements about Anzac Day. You heard it here first. You did hear it here first. Yeah. 2016 Anzac Day is... Yeah, I know. They're going to play this piece of audio. (laughs) And last year, Janet Francis said that she wasn't going to make any controversial... You know, it's going to come back to bite me in the butt. Yeah. So, high school Jeanette Mm. wants to be on the TV. Do you then proceed or progress to, I want to go to NIDA or I I have to go to uni? Like, where does... How does that then get you into journalism? Well, I, I always sort of... Those those two things were always kind of definitively, I guess, where I wanted to go. Mm. And initially I thought, I really do want to get into NIDA. Um, but I, I, I ended up going to Sydney Uni and, and doing an arts degree or st- studying arts first year there. Yes. And for me, acting was never – I mean, as in – it, my, my parents just never thought it was a real job. Sure. So there was, they're always like, oh, you know, why don't you do, why don't you do law? Why don't you do journalism? You know, what are you going to do when you go to Become NIDA? An accountant. And, what is this acting mm. kind of thing? You know, my dad's an accountant. My sister's an accountant. Um, you come from a family of numbers. I come from a family of numbers and they, they do my tax for free, which is great. Amen. So advantages. Mm. Um, but I think I sort of ended up in, at uni sort of doing arts and then transferred from there to a Bachelor of Communications. Yes. And then kind of – it sort of just went from there and it felt like a really kind of natural right sort of thing to do. So that's that's how it kind of ended up. And then I sort of ended up on this show, which is closer to – or moving in the direction of, you know, um, slightly more dramatised or, or skits or comedy. There's a lot more in that than what there is in, you know, mm. obviously news and current affairs. <laughs> there, are, there are no skits in news and current affairs. There should be more. In there fact, should be more. Don't you think, though, that many would suggest that a current affair is actually more skits... Is comedy. ...than actual current <laughs> affairs? Uh, I have never heard anybody suggest that to me, but I imagine that there would be people out there who may make that suggestion. Yes, but we're not here to dissect to, to current in, affairs. In in the defence of current a current affair, mm. um, I have uh, I have observed many many of their stories and uh, and enjoyed. Mm. And sometimes I think I would make a good current affairs journal. They get to have a lot of fun. They do. Would you? They're out there doing consumer report. I I try I try I test two different laundry powders mm. happily. Would you chase dodgy tradie slash uh, okay, landlord yeah, no. down the street no. in heels? In heels, no. Because that I was mean, a highlight for me. Jenna Hudson recently did a story where she was chasing some dude down the street. She was rocking the heels. Me, she was doing the Jurassic uh, World thing. That's that is commendable. Yeah, that's commendable. 
I probably, if someone said to me, would you like to chase a trailer down a street or not? I'd probably go not. That's the end of your ACA career. I know. This is why I'll never be hired on a current affair. I don't do the street chasing. How do you describe your experience of family? Um, tough questions today, okay? Right to the quick. <laughs> um, beautiful. Mm. Beautiful, loving, supportive, mm-hmm. um, vital. All of these things with my family. Um, f- uh, fun, yes. funny. My sisters are very funny. We, um, my mother's very funny. Um, uh, yeah, we, we get along really well. And I think at the end of the day when things don't, don't, when there are issues or when there are, you know, spats or when there are disagreements, everybody's always wanting to resolve it. Yes. You know, everybody's always wanting to get over that hurdle as quickly as possible and kind Mm -hmm. of, yeah, put everything on the table and work towards making it better. Does that... That rarely happens, though. (laughs) Can I just say? (laughs) Well, this might continue on from that then. Does that mean when there's conflict within the family that it's... Big and loud. No, not really. Mm-hmm. No, it's not big and loud. I mean, I've never ever heard my parents. My pa- my parents have yelled at each other in front of us a grand total of one time. And that Whoa. was because our cat Coco got run over by a car and my mum wanted to tell us and my dad insisted that she not tell us. Yes. Not joking. And they had a blow up on the stairs and he's like, don't tell the kids. <laughs> And mum started crying because she'd just seen the cat get run sure. over. It was emotion. Emotions were running high. Mm. And then we kind of all came out of our respective bedrooms. And, uh, we're, uh, are you guys getting a divorce? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know what was happening because we'd just never seen it before. And, I, and, you know, my sister was quite young at the time. Maybe she was 10. She's like, are mum and dad going to break up? And I'm like, I, I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> Is this what happens when when parents break up? So there's not any yelling in our house. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a yelling house. My dad's a very um, calm man. Mm-hmm. My mum's somewhat less calm than my dad. Um, but there's not really any yelling. There's a lot of passive aggressiveness ah, that that excellent. boils and boils and boils, and then someone goes, "What the? F-? Yeah. You know? Can we say the f word yeah. on this? Oh, so they go. Let me let me retract that. They go. What the fuck is wrong with you? And then so on and so forth until it gets resolved. Has that passive aggression for you um, caused problems when working with when working with other people? Do you find that like because this is home experience that that dealing with conflict or you know addressing things that upset you means that I fall back on that or I have developed other processes to be able to integrate and work within normal human society? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm passive aggressive. Really? Most (laughs) No, everything's fine. And I'm having a great time doing this podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Well, Mark wanted me to say. Yeah, please. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't think I... I don't think my default is to be passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. I'm probably more of a kind of a direct straight shooter sort of probably yeah. to a fault sometimes sometimes you do it's good not to be that yes. um and i mean you know the pass the passive aggressiveness is just it's kind of it's kind of a wog thing i don't know if if anyone's listening who might may or may not be a wog but they know mm. that in certain wog circles you just don't talk about some stuff 
You know, you don't face it head on. You don't bring up certain issues. And so there's this kind of thing that bubbles underneath the mm. surface until it sort of you know, reaches a point where you go, okay, now, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then, you know, you go from there. You sort it out. You sort it out. Yeah, you sort it out. And that's that's the really beautiful thing about my family, I think, is that everybody wants to, wants to sort whatever issue is going on out. And, I mean, it's usually small issues like yeah. you took my car and scratched the mirror, mm. you know, how do we resolve this? Sit yeah. down. We need to have a conversation, kind of. Sure. Yeah. In a crisis or an argument, are you fight or flight? Fight, I think. Mm. Yeah. Has that paid off for you? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm happy. Sure. I guess so. I don't really I, – I tend to sort of avoid – Arguments, mm. crises, drama. But sometimes, you know, you could be minding your own business and I guess they sort of find you. But I'm more, like I said, because I just feel like I'm, I'm much more direct than I am, what's the opposite of indirect? Mm. Or, you know, I, I just tend to have, have a way of sort of saying, okay, well, this is, this is an issue that I see is going on. How do we fix the issue? Mm-hmm. Kind of. So I'm, I would tend to kind of face it head on, I think, more so than not. When, when those crisis or, or that argument is someone else, it's not you involved, but you're near it. Mm. Are you the kind of person that will comfort, console or mm. uh, egg on the, the situation? I've always thought that if, you know how we just have Australia's just full of racists on buses? Mm. <laughs> that's specialising in it. <laughs> yeah. I love, and that's just a universally accepted term, like Australia, full of racists on buses. And you're like, yep, yep, go on, yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're exporting it now. Yeah, we're Part exporting. of the TPP. Yeah, it's now like racists on the TGV in <laughs> France. Anyway, um, so I've always sort of thought to myself that if, if I was ever in that situation where there was a mad racist on a mm. bus just like ranting, I was always like, gee, I wonder if I would kind of – because I always watch those videos and I'm like, how come no one else is saying mm. something? They're listening. They can hear this just as much as everybody else. Like why doesn't someone just stand up and go, hey, dude, shut the fuck up, you know? And so I've always thought, I wonder if I would do that. Like yeah. that would be something that I would just be sitting there going, oh, man, I really just want to tell that person to shut the fuck up. But I do sometimes wonder because I've never been in that situation mm-hmm. what I would actually do. Um so going back to your question, would I would I console? I'd like to think that y- yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd like to think that I would count to 10 before getting involved in an argument that's not mine in the first place. Yes. And then if it was really bad or you could see something, you know, um, something really shitty about to happen, then maybe just kind of a, a gentle, hey, hey, what's going on, guys, type thing mm. until they turn around and tell you to stay the fuck out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards you'd be like, send an email, you know, are you okay? Yeah. Kind of thing, yeah. Unless it's for sport, and then that's okay, right? What what for sport? Like if it's just fun, that they're you're, clearly they're having uh, a bit of a fun niggle at each other, and it's like, yeah, I can I can be involved in that. Oh right, like if yeah, yeah, if someone's like taking the piss out of someone, sledge else. from the side, sledge from the side. Oh look, I'll put my two cents in every now and then. Sure, <laughs> yeah, I'm not one to shy away from <laughs> sledging people. Making them feel bad about themselves. Well, that's a national pastime. <laughs> national pastime, yeah. What challenges you? Uh, my work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find my, my work challenging. Good challenging. 
um, you know, in always trying to come up with new ideas, trying yeah. to come up with new ways to, to um, you know, get those ideas out there. Um, what challenges me? I don't know. I, I sort of... That's that's a good question. I don't know. Right now, it's sort of trying to navigate. You know how you get from where you are to to where you want to be. And I think the biggest mm-hmm. challenge, you know, in our industry, because it's it's so volatile. Or you know, I mean, it's it's changing and arguably changing for the better in many cases. Um, but you sort of wonder, okay, what's my next challenge going to be? Yeah. And I'm always challenged by the next challenge which i don't know what it is i'm always like okay how do i how do i get to somewhere where i'm not quite sure where it is mm. sort of thing um if that makes sense which it i'm listening to it again in my hand it totally doesn't but um yeah short answer my work where do you want to be that's it that's also a good question i would like ultimately i guess to i i i love being able to produce work pieces Mm. um i love being able to produce pieces that are like quirky pieces that have you know um a kind of a a, a consumeristic angle or something kind of interesting about the people that i that i chat to i also like producing long form sort of stuff so it's this idea of kind of just producing pieces of work that i would like to continue Mm -hmm. for for a while i think but the question is well do you continue doing that for and we're talking you know 10 years down the track like do you continue doing that for a network do you work for yourself and go freelance do you start your own company Mm. do you work for a private kind of company i think a lot of people who are in this um sort of position would probably be thinking along similar lines i guess because nothing's really forever i think um very few jobs are and we're kind of of a generation where we're um, you know, it's normal to work three years in a job and then have another job, mm-hmm. you know. And I think anybody who stays in a one position for a, a long period of time, I think that hinders more than it helps. Yeah. Have you come up against, especially considering that, like we joked about before, um, you know, you're in the job for life. It's a government organisation, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, have you come up against that kind of, oh, let's call it entitlement. I'm not sure that's the word, but I've got a job. I'm doing fine. No, not, no. I've, this, the feed is the longest. I mean, I've been at SBS for a while, mm. but the feed is the longest job that I've ever had continuously. Because mm-hmm. I sort of, I've jumped from department to department to role yeah. to role. So I moved overseas twice and just kind of like quit. <laughs> I went, so like I'm moving, is that going to be a problem? And they're like, um, well, yeah, kind of. And I went, sorry. And then, you know, moved overseas for a year and a half and then kind of like <laughs> scampered my way back. and was like, hi, <laughs> you know. Um, but no, I've, I've never felt like, oh, you're in this job, you've got this job, you know, forever or forever yeah. or for however long you want it. Because, you know, there's always, it's such an innovative Space, yes, you know, co- content, and I do. I'm doing the inverted commas thing. You guys can't see that, but it's doing air quotes. I'm doing air quotes. So, con- air quotes content is such a. It's it's because it's it's so um, rapidly changing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, the skills are rapidly changing, so you can't. I don't think you can really sit on your hands, it, especially if you want to. You know, keep doing bigger and better kind of things. It's also uncomfortable. Sitting on your hands is terrible. <laughs> no, I would not recommend that you sit on your hands. <laughs> No. You went overseas once? Twice. 
So we are, yes. But the first time he said you went, oh, I'm going by and came back at some point. Was the second time a similar experience or was that overseas for work again? So the second time that I moved overseas, so I moved overseas um, initially to do uh, my last year abroad in France. Yes. Um, and then I was just sort of working like really part-time, like in the news library, just doing data entry. I was still at university. Um, so that was always just going to be a part-time job yep. and they knew I was leaving at the end of the year. And they didn't really care. Mm. <laughs> like, okay, see ya. We weren't actually paying you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Are you working here? <laughs> what are you actually doing? <laughs> but yeah, I sort of started out doing night shift, um, working overnight, sort yes. of just logging, logging um, you know, stories into the library. But so I moved overseas, came back, and luckily they sort of had a position going online. Yep. And the second time I moved, I actually moved to work with UNICEF in Bangladesh. So I moved and lived there for a wow. year. Yeah. And it was kind of something that I had, I'd sort of been wanting to do because this is, you know, I, I've i always had an interest in aid and international development and, you know, yes. um, wanting to kind of, to, to be part of that, I suppose, in a way. And so um, at that point, I was like, if I don't do it now, I don't think I'm ever, I'm not really going to do it. Sure. Maybe. And the thought of not doing it was much worse than the thought of going, oh, I'm going to have to leave my job and move mm. overseas. Yeah. So it was it was sort of similar. I said, hey, I've applied for this job. I just I got this job. I'm going to have to. And they're like, oh, your contract's not up. I'm not. I said, I know. I'm going to have to terminate my contract sort of thing. And they were like, okay. There's obviously no guarantees. Nobody said, yeah. well, you know, well, your job's waiting for you because it's How not. How big a suckers are they for having you back th- twice? I know. Right? Shh. I know. But the, the, the second time they were like, all right, well, you know, come in and we'll see what we've got. And they're like, okay, here, you can do a shift this. And I was like, damn. Like, I'm just going to moonwalk out of here real real quickly just before somebody realises that they've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> the monkey spins around in the chair. We've got her again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does like, you know, Dr. Evil. <laughs> yeah. The, the year that you spent in Bangladesh? mm would have been like all sorts of incredible feelings and emotions. Roller coaster. What? Uh, firstly, what other than a, a desire? Mm. Why? Oh, you know, I'll go and do something with UNICEF. Hey, how about that? What prompted this? Well, because like I said, I've always sort of had an interest in um, international aid, in development. I was tossing up for a while doing a master's in in development studies mm. um, in international relations. Yes. Um, and so this was kind of like part of part of that particular aspect of of my interest um Bangla- the reason i went to bangladesh was because the, the the job with unicef and it was a communications role with unicef was in bangladesh yes um so for me i was like i i'm i can go and live anywhere it's fine you know um applied for this job got the job moved to bangladesh yep yeah and it was um bangladesh is woo it is not for the faint hearted <laughs> it's um it's 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 so uh, I don't I don't know I don't quite know how to sum it up in one word I'm 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 trying to it's just it's Dhaka where where I lived is just sort of like this teeming metropolis it's mm. so there's a lot of vibrancy it's yes. very incredibly so to the point where you know I was it was my first week or so in Dhaka and and we were I mean you're talking about a city with with 16 17 million people wow. thereabouts you know um, I mean, Bangladesh, just to put it into perspective, has maybe 100. Don't quote me on this, but sure. the, around 160 million people in 
in, you know, the space that's smaller than Victoria. Wow. So that's that's the perspective. 160 million people in something smaller than Victoria. It's like eight Australias. It's like, yeah, I'm going to let you do the maths there because my brain's going no no function on that but one. Close. But yeah. Yeah. Let's let's just not let's not do maths for the rest of this. Don't podcast. dwell on this. Yeah, don't don't dwell on, on on the facts. Um so I remember like my first week there, we were going to and from the the house to the UNICEF office and there was just there's all these people, mm. you know. And I thought, Oh, there must be something on. It looked like what it looked like, honestly, what I thought it was, was I don't know if, if any of your listeners or you yourself have been to New Year's New Year's Eve in Sydney. After mm. the fireworks, it's crazy, right? Everyone streams out of um of you know the harbour, right? And so yeah. you get these streams of people just like walking the streets, and that's what it looked like. And so I was like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, there must obviously there's an event here, right? Mm. And the next day it was the same thing because we do the same route and we do it around about the same time. Wow. And the third day, I was I said to the driver, I said, is something happening today? Like, is there a um, function? And he looked at me and went. No. This is life. Yeah. He sort of, and he sort of looked at me like, oh, honey. <laughs> you little white girl, you got no idea. You know, and I kind of, I, I was like, I see. I'll just take my seat. Went back, took my seat and was like, whoa. So, yeah, that's, a, that, that's, I don't know if that's, you know, the, if people are getting a mental image of what that is in their mind, but it's, it's colour. So much colour. Mm. Not just, I know this is, this is going to maybe sound like a silly thing to say, but the clothes are extremely colourful. The buildings are colourful. They've got little green kind of tuk-tuks that, yes. that go in the street. People are walking back and forth. You know, it's, yeah, it's extraordinarily vibrant. How did that year particularly change you? It made me not want to be in, it made me not want to do development. <laughs> Scratch that itch. Yep, scratched, uh, scratched. Yeah, it made me. It made me sort of more certain in the fact that what I wanted to be doing was producing, um, you know, um, stories, producing features, producing yes. short docos, and essentially doing what I'm doing. Yeah, which is good. Which is good. Because now you're doing that. Because now I'm doing it. Because now I'm here. <laughs> can, can I ask about the tattoo on your arm? You can. Is that okay? You've got a little <laughs> bit of an ink thing on the inside of your left arm. <laughs> Can yes. you ask you to explain what it looks like <laughs> and then what it means? So it it's sort of well. How about you you explain what it looks like? To me, like. it looks like three, uh, I guess, kind of triangles or mountains close together. Uh, one of which has a line through towards the very top of it. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be uh, initials, or you sold out and got a logo for some money. <laughs> I, I don't. I honestly it's, don't know. It's the new era of branding. Yeah, it's the new era of advertising. They're just stamping people. These. Why days do you think I'm this big? Session. I'm going to sell. You got of heaps money. of space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. McDonald's are going to love this. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's actually Coca-Cola's new logo. Oh wow, that's really. <laughs> what is it? Um, so it is initials. Mm. Ding 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 ding. You're right. Um, it's the initials AM. For my uh, partner, nice. Mm-hmm. I got his initials on my on my um, for is this forearm on my yeah. forearm because he got a uh, a very big tattoo. I mean, because I love him. Yes. Let me just make that clear. He um, you better. <laughs> yes. 
Um, Severely limiting your dating pool. Yeah, I know. Now I can only ever date people with the initials AM. That's true. Or come up with some other story about how in Bangladesh. Or turn them into mountains was the other thing. Reminds me of my vista from my room in Bangladesh. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But he uh, he got a a very big tattoo on on his arm on the other side of his arm on his forearm um, with a a bird and and Jan Fran. Nice. Mm, A complete surprise. Completely out of the blue. Lifted up his... I said, well, came home. What did you do today? He said, oh. Lifted up his sleeve. Thing. And I was like... <gasps> I'm like, oh, that's... Permanent? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was my initial reaction was like... Because, you know, we've got a mortgage together. Mm. We live together. We have, you know, we do a lot of things together. But nothing says permanent... Uh, as like like a tattoo does, mm. I think. So it was like, oh, wow, it's a beautiful tattoo. I mm. love it. I love it. Was that his first bit of ink? No, he's very inked. He's very. Everything. He's a very inked gentleman. We we actually have another tattoo. We've got a matching tattoo of a of a cat, of, of a cat face. I don't know if I, can, I cannot believe I'm doing this, but I don't know if you can see it there. It's just on yes. the yeah the inside sort of right. Uh, bicep area. Yeah, that's that's the very crudely called tuck shop arms, which he said to me. Are you sure you want? Are you sure you want to get it there? They're only tuck shop arms later. Yeah, that's well. I have taken that into account. We'll see what happens. At which point, that'll look more like a very big tiger. Like a very exactly, <laughs> just like turn it into a lion, mate. <laughs> Mouth open type thing. Yeah, yeah. devouring um, its prey. Yeah, but we got that. We got those tattoos. He's got the same one as mm-hmm. well. Um, which is it's actually this is getting more and more insane. I've realised this story. The tattoo is actually of this uh, watch that I'm wearing. Wow, it's a cat watch. It is a cat watch. It is a cat watch that um, that I was wearing on the the night we met, basically. And and I and I lied to him and I said that I have. I was I was highly considering getting this tattooed. Yes. And I said, oh, yeah, I've got... He asked me, do you have any tattoos? Because he loves tattoos. He's very mm. inked. And I said, oh, I've got this tattooed, which I didn't. I don't know why I lied. Maybe maybe because I thought, I'm never going to see this guy again. Yeah. It's all good. And then it got to a point where I was just like, look, I know I said I had this tattoo. Mm. I lied. And I don't know why I lied. Um, and he was like, all right, that's weird. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's very, I'm, I'm weirding myself out. And then um, he said... You know, and then and then we were actually at, at a at a mate's place who does backyard jobs. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a PR person now, they'd be like, "Ixnay, yeah, where this on conversation is not happening." Backyard, eh? <laughs> at Hurto. Um, but he he does. He's very good. Yes, you know. So he was. He just happened to be there, and he was he was giving his other mate a tattoo, and we're like, "Oh yeah, we'll get we'll get tattoos. We'll get the cat tat." So we got the cat tat. You guys are linked through the ages now. We're linked through the ages. Yep. Has, has this spawned any other ink or is that it? They're just those two and I'm done. So far it's those two, but now I've got a taste. So you're in. You, I want to get some more. I think I'm in. I think I'm in, but I'm very I've, – I've dipped my toe. Now I'm sort of putting my foot. I'm very slowly in. So mm-hmm. he's, he's quite an inked guy. He's got, you know, almost – Stuff a, everywhere. He's got stuff happening all over the place. Um, and I love it. I just I love his tattoos, and now when I notice, so he's he's bearded, he's got a beard, and he's got he's got tats. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite Instagram pages for a long time was 
beards and tats. <laughs> which was just photos of like hot dudes with beards and tats. <laughs> and if you'd have a rough day at work, you'd be like, oh God, you know, eating sandwich, just scrolling um, <laughs> beards and tats, you know. And then and then it got it sort of got progressively either worse or better, depending on how you look at it. And I, I ended up looking at beards and tats and dads. Oh. Which is like hot guys with beards and tatties holding small children. Gosh. Oh, the internet. <laughs> I know, the internet. But it it sort of has made me kind of maybe think about getting another tattoo. I just have to vibe it. I have to go, oh, you know what? That's the one I want. Because these two were like, no questions. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to get those. So I think once that happens, I'll just wait for it to happen. I'm in no rush. It's very. It's a very personal choice. Mm. Um, and something that... I know there are procedures to help people remove there are. things these days. Much better than they used to be. Mm. Like it's far, even though it's permanent, it's far less permanent should you choose to make it not. Yeah. Um, would you get a tattoo removed? Like let's hypothetically, you break up with your partner. Would the cat or the, the initials go or would you just explain other stories? You know, I'd like to think that neither of those things would happen. Sure. Because this is, you know... This these tattoos for me symbolise a particular time and place, and regardless of what happens, yes. you're always going to have that time and place. And you know he's he's in, I mean he's I love him. He's in, he's the most. He's special. aware of this. This he's, isn't a revelation on the podcast. No, this is no revelation. You heard it. You didn't hear it here first. I tell everyone that'll listen. Basically, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. And so I'd like to think that regardless of what happens, that's th- these tattoos are a symbol of that. Yes. And and you know that that is very real. Um, and and so I'd like to think if somebody asked, you know, where, what what do those mean? I'd like to say, well, they were. Well, I, I don't think I'd like to say that, but they you were know, about a time. Yeah, yeah, because because they are. And I, you know, I hope that the, it never has to come to that where I'm like, you know, meeting up with a Tinder date <laughs> who asks me where are those tattoos from, you know. But that's what that's that's what I'd like to think. But yeah, you know, well, it's where we are now, right? Compared to what might come, who yeah. Knows, whatever. And and I think what might come, you know, it, it maybe even if it is, you know, horrible or it's not what you thought would happen or it doesn't end well, all of these things, you know, doesn't doesn't change this moment in time and, and how you feel and how how they make, how those tattoos make you feel or what they symbolise. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months, Jen? Ooh, what am I going to achieve in the next 12 months? Oh, you know. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll, I'll plan a wedding finally. Whoa. Yeah. That's awesome news. Yeah. Well, we tried to do that last – it's very hard – Oh, we tried to do that last holidays because mm. we got engaged and we're like, right, he's a director, I'm mm. a producer. Mate, we've got this covered. Yeah. Yeah, we had nothing covered. No. No, did not plan the wedding. It's very difficult. They start asking you questions like, well, how many champagne flutes do you want? I mean, I don't know. As many as have champagne. I, I was like, yeah. But, of course, somebody has to make that decision because if you want 100 or 200, that's yes. double the cost and so on and so forth. Forever and ever. Is it going to be an epic thing? Like you, big families, both of you or? His dad is one of 12. Wow. Yep. His dad has 11 brothers and sisters. That's big. Yep. 
That is, that's very big. Those people tend to breed too. They're not like, that's it. You know, I'm one of 12, but I'm not having kids. Yeah, no, those people tend to vibe that. Yeah. yeah. So um, Irish Catholics, babes. Yeah, yeah no, what are you going to do? You've Buy got them some condoms. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> I, I hope to never have to get involved in uh, in his extended family <laughs> sex lives. Just putting it out there. Uh, but so we're thinking, we're, we're trying to work out this way where we can have the wedding that we want mm-hmm. for the price that we want to pay, which ideally it's is zero. It's like television. <laughs> exactly. It's like working within a budget to mm. produce the best possible thing that you can produce. Sell it to SBS. Sell my wedding to SBS. Yeah. Interesting. It costs My you big nothing. fat Lebanese wedding. Other than your soul, it costs you nothing. Oh, I can sell my soul. Done. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> Excellent. I, I want 10%. This is my right, idea. Right, yeah, it is your idea. Jeanette's right. getting married. <laughs> Here's the series. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I think we're going to have to sort of be a little bit clever about how we do it. But that's definitely something that I, I want mm. to achieve in the next year. What's the most extravagant thing you would love to have at your wedding? The most extravagant thing... extravagant I'm not a very extravagant lady but if I had to decide Mm. I would love a massive yacht Mm. get married on a huge yacht have all the people that you know and love make sure their yacht doesn't rock back and forth I get motion sickness so does my grandmother she's old so you need to take all these into account and just have the most beautiful yacht sailing Around nice. Sydney Harbour. Isn't that nice? That would be lovely. That is nice. I don't have a yacht. I don't know anybody that has a yacht. So, um... Jamie Packer's got a big yacht. Yeah. I'm not... What do I send him an email? What is it? I guess so. Jamie at jamiepacker.com. A you crown, know. maybe. <laughs> yeah. Some slim slim chance there, I think. We can work out his email address. Mm. We'll, we'll talk about it off... Off air. Off yeah, thing. sure, sure. Do you want to achieve anything else other than hopefully a wedding? Um. Look, I'd like to sort of write more... I think um, I always say, right, this mm. holiday, I'm going to I'm gonna write some stuff and I'm going to do this and I'm going to run a show. And I just, I don't know what I do, yeah. but I don't do that. Um, so I'd like to think that this year, you know, I'll kind of piece together a whole bunch of sort of writing that's just been sitting there and make it better. Yeah. Mm. Stop spending time on Instagram. Stop spending time on beards and tats. Mm. Beards and tats and dads. Or integrate that into your writing. Right. So that I do have to spend more time. Bam. That's another 10%. I've got this idea. It's just a collage of hot bearded men with tattoos. Hmm? Hmm? See how that goes. I'm seeing pallbearers at your wedding, quite honestly. (laughs) Oh, my God. Just people. You're welcoming people. Hot dudes, tats, beards. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jeanette, thank you. Thank you. For sharing what you have. I, I want to say you're highly valued and, and what you've shared today is, is really special. Thank you for, for doing that. You're very welcome. Thank you. I had fun. Uh, very clearly, you're on the Twitter. I am. Do you have any other social media accounts that you want to admit to? Um, I, I, people keep saying you should get like a Facebook account. Mm. And I don't have, I mean, I do have a face. I do have Facebook, but not like a, I, I just feel weird about getting like a, mm you know, public figure or something, Facebook. So Twitter's really the only kind of... Is there not already a Jeanette Francis public figure page? No, believe it or not. Can you believe? I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram, but the 
I, I don't post anything on Instagram. I just follow like hot old ladies and drag queens. And beards and, and tats. beards and tats, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Humans of Twitter. And I can confirm that at Jan two underscores, Fran, is indeed human. I am human. <laughs>